You have stumbled into Season 4, Episode 12 of Burgundy Blogcast. On the Redskins for the truth. The Redskins just played their first exhibition of 2018, and I am about to discuss it. Welcome back, friendos, to episode 12. I think this is the 12th episode of the fourth season of Burgundy Blogcast. This is your boy Brent, and the Redskins just wrapped up their first preseason game of the 2018 season by losing to the Patriots. I think the final score was 26-17, but to be honest, I'm not 100% sure about that because I shut it off after a very ugly-looking strip sack and return for touchdown uh, by the Patriots. Um, I'm very, very excited and pleased to, uh, to have with me a special first-time guest on the blogcast tonight, my buddy who lives way out on the left coast, Ben Ceccarelli, who, um, who has previously been associated with, uh, affiliated with, with the Redskins, um, and I'll let him elaborate in a second here, but uh, first, Ben, how you doing, buddy? Well, uh, I'm doing as good as a diehard Redskin fan can be after watching a preseason game one meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that is what that was in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. You mentioned the uh, strip sack for a touchdown. It was so reminiscent of a regular season game uh, over the past <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> it felt pretty regular season, I agree. Uh, I was telling myself the whole through the third and fourth quarters there, like, okay, just remember these, most of these guys aren't going to be professional football players. Um, so, you know, I think everyone should, uh, certainly force themselves not to interpret, you know, what we saw there in the fourth quarter as like likely predictive of the season. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, a little bit of, little bit of, um, uh, deja vu there for Redskins fans who have seen, crappy second halves like that for uh for for some years now yeah i mean i i think i took it even a step further than you did and and was telling myself hey they played brian hoyer well into the third quarter they did or fourth quarter whatever it was uh you know uh, colt played what till the middle of the second quarter and then we had our backup backup backups in yeah yeah and so. and, and the uh and, and the patriots i mean it wasn't just hoyer well of course hoyer's the backup but i mean they're like on defense they they had they had a lot of starters in their front seven playing pretty deep into the game yeah, I, I just it always cracks me up, especially because when we're away and you hear their announcers talking and they have Cordell Patterson playing into the deep third quarter and they're just like, you know, raving over him against <laughs> our undrafted free agent corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think I think you're right. And it, and it makes you kind of realize that like all fans and all, you know, broadcasters of all teams right now have their, you know, have these august crushes uh that you know yeah. these guys that they think are like really going to break through and and right on the cusp and we all you know we all we all have multiple guys who in reality are, are just totally not going to pan out or even really sniff a regular season game but um you know that's kind of the beauty of the beginning of every new year it's like a like a metaphor for certain phases of life i mean it's it's, it's true in, in in a literal sense that right now everybody's undefeated and, and every team's got a chance and that's why thank god for that by the way as redskins fans that uh, that every season this you know every, this time of year we can come back and say well you know forget about all that crap all that nonsense from last year and let's roll the dice again yeah and i think even i think like when 
when Zorn was coaching, we did well in the preseason, or maybe it was with Shanahan. Right. One year, I think we went undefeated in the preseason. Spurrier, for sure. Didn't, yeah, it just didn't transfer over into the regular season. So now I'm, I don't, I don't mind losing, especially right. early preseason games, because I know it means absolutely nothing. Right. Well, before we go much further, Ben, I want to give you a chance. Just explain, like, who are you? I mean, I think, first of all, this is, this is great because I want to, I want to make very clear to our listeners. I'm, I'm pretty sure if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, we've literally never actually spoken before. No, I mean, just hearing your voice on your podcast, but no, never to each other. So, so that, that means that the success of this podcast episode is just completely dependent on our natural, spontaneous chemistry right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've kind of been there with you, like the Burgundy blog yep. blog from the beginning. Um, Appreciate I, it. I did one of your original avatars, I believe. Oh my gosh, you did my very favorite avatar. I have a giant eight foot by eight foot uh, rendering of it in my bedroom, Ben. It's like the you most... You have a Burgundy blog fathead It, it That's exactly right. And <laughs> uh, you can imagine how my wife feels about that. But it's the most beautiful piece of artwork I've ever seen. And yes, it's, it's, it's in the rotation for my avatar on Twitter, um, you are an extremely talented animator and illustrator. And so, so explain to everybody sort of what you did in the past for the Redskins. Yeah, well, so I'm a diehard Redskins fan. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. My dad grew up in D.C., so it's, it's been in the family blood my whole life. Um, and I live in California now. Um, and then when kind of Twitter was fairly new-ish, um, I realized that this was a good way to kind of interact with you know, some of the teams and players and people associated with my favorite teams. So it all kind of started with, uh, with Matt Turrell, who was doing the Redskins blog at the time. And I reached out to him and he didn't have a Twitter avatar. <laughs> and I asked him if, uh, Hey, would you want me to do a caricature of you? And he's like, yeah, why not? So I did one of him and it, he kind of passed it around at Redskins park. It was so good. I, I can visualize it now <laughs> in my mind's eye. And that is yeah. actually having never met Matt Turrell in person, but being one of his biggest fans on social media, um, I, I, that when I speak to him or tweet to him, that's, that's what I picture. Your avatar of Matt Turrell yeah. is who he is to me. Matt Turrell is a great guy. I met him, uh, a bunch of times uh, when I went back east for Redskin games, and he he did a lot to uh, hook me up and make my experience really good there. Um, so if he's listening, Matt, thanks for everything you did, and and you're still a top notch dude in my in my book. I believe in my heart of hearts that indeed he is listening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I from that uh, I had players from the Redskins reaching out to me to do avatars. I did. Uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo, yeah, yep. he's a buddy of mine now. Th through that, you know, we've we've hung out in LA when he's been out here, and we still stay in contact. Um, I did Niles Paul and yep. uh, Terrence Austin. You did an uh, RG three graphic for me that was so awesome. Yeah, and so, that and utterly useless to me in 2018. <laughs> yeah, I and and for all my other friends who I did RG three things for as well. <laughs> um, but then uh, that kind of turned into the Redskins reached out to me and it turned into doing a weekly comic strip for the blog and called hail some other artwork for the team. Yeah. Called hail. And, uh, I, as, man, that was such a fun time for me. I, I, think I was really sad when it ended. You were so good at that and are still so good at what you do. And that was, um, you know, I think your resume there as a Redskins fan speaks for itself, Ben. I think clearly we've now established to every listener, your credibility for the remainder <laughs> of this podcast. So, Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm glad, glad to have you on. 
Yeah, thanks, man. I'm glad to be on. Well, so um, you know, I, I think I'll just I'll just jump right into a couple initial thoughts about this game. Um, you know, I'm pretty happy actually with with what happened. You know, we'll talk about the the injuries or potential injuries, which is really like the most important thing that happens in any preseason yeah. game. Um, and it seems like there, you know, there are certainly a couple here that we really got to cross our fingers about overnight. But um, you know, at least in the in the first quarter and second, really the first half. When both teams um, were playing guys, you know, largely guys who will will be on the roster, uh, the Redskins look pretty good. They look pretty good and pretty deep in a number of position groups. Uh, you know, there were not a lot of glaring mistakes in the first half. Of course, they jumped out to a 17 nothing lead. Um, I thought they acquitted themselves nicely. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it really was a tale of two halves. And, yeah. and even if you just look at that, the first quarter and a half, when we didn't really have any starting linemen in, they gave Colt protection. Yeah. He had time to throw. They opened up some holes. That's, that's a pretty good start, I think. Yeah. And we should, and we should start there with Colt. He was pretty good. I mean, he was who we, th- we know he is and we're who he usually is, which is like kind of a solid, useful, you know, occasionally kind of playmaking guy, but just like not real flashy or sexy. Um, you know, doesn't have much of an arm in terms of velocity. He's not going never going to make like a ton of wacky plays down the field but you know he moves around a little bit he's tough he's pretty smart he was finding guys you know largely on point and in stride and um and uh and he did you know he he deserves some credit for for uh getting the Redskins out to that three score lead um I will Sneaky um, athletic too he yeah. always I always forget how athletic he is Well said he really is I mean ever since he was coming out of Texas and that was that was kind of part of his uh game he can move um and he can he can run a little bit. Uh, he is uh, that's 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 well said. He's sneaky, athletic. I um I wanted to mention on on the subject of Colt McCoy. I put this out on Twitter a few days ago, and um I don't know if anybody like even still cares about this. Uh, uh you know I I got a little bit of inside info on the details of his contract, which was uh you know he got this extension, which was announced a couple weeks ago, and um it, you know it, it it come to find out that that you know I think that this was sort of announced as like a potentially up to seven million dollar deal. Um, and at least, you know, I, I sort of interpreted that as thinking that he might be eligible for up to 7 million next year, but that's not true. His, his deal is, uh, kind of maxes out at about three and a half million next year. And importantly, there's no money guaranteed in his contract. Now, I don't say that to suggest that the Redskins might even at, in any way be considering moving on from him. But, um, you know, I, I think it's important to note that he still, he, he, you know, when he gets opportunities and preseason counts for him, he, he, he does still have to show that he's, you know, he, uh, reliable, or and, and and that Gruden can uh, should have confidence in him if if forced into action during the season. But but yeah, he was yeah, and, no, he was pretty good. Yeah, and I'm actually glad you you did that that post. I read it uh, yesterday, and I remember when the when the news of the deal came out, there was a lot of people going crazy over that seven million dollar number. So yeah, uh, I'm glad you kind of waited and got the details and and let some cooler heads prevail in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think it's appropriate, but he he's an important player. I mean, I, it's it's like no no revelation that every NFL team really needs um, a, a good backup because if you don't have one and your starter goes down, it's like basically your season is totally over and that's just, uh, you know, devastating for players, coaches, fans, everybody to, to have, you know, the, the NFL season is, is so short and to only get 16 games a year and if, for, for it to just be totally futile after, you know, one, one knee or one shoulder, um, that really blows. And I, I do feel that the Redskins are in a position where if Alex Smith should get hurt, you know, uh, at any point during the regular season that it, at least Colt has an, you know, opportunity to make a game of, of most contests. And, you know, he had that awesome game down in Dallas a couple of years ago. So oh, yeah. I, I, he's, he's a valuable I, backup. Yeah. And I think that also lends to uh, Jay Gruden's 
style of offense where yeah. Holt is a more than capable backup to run the system and, and rely on the playmakers where we don't need some crazy superstar quarterback just to carry everyone on its back all the time. Absolutely true. And I think that that applies to QB1 here too, meaning that I think Jay's got now a pair of guys heading that QB room who you know nobody really thinks is is destined for the Hall or necessarily even a Pro Bowl this year. But he's got two players that really fit into what he does. They're good decision makers. They're good short to intermediate accuracy type guys. Um, I just think he's feeling super confident that he's got uh, f- quarterbacks that fit him and fit his version of the West Coast offense. So that's that's a good good way to start the season. Totally. Um, I, I want to, you know, going into this game, I was like, and I think, you know, fans fans who are pretty into the team and who know some of the guys towards the bottom of the roster look at the preseason as an opportunity to, to sort of figure out and, and start to predict for themselves who are the guys that are going to make it and then and, and then eventually contribute in the season um, and who are the guys who, like, you know, really look out of place when the lights come on. And I think three position groups for me where that applies um, are the running backs, the receivers, and the corners. And I, and I tweeted this earlier, but I think an interesting thing you know, come end of the first half, when a lot of the um, uh, the guys who are more likely to have an impact this year were were starting to wrap up, is that there were a lot of 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 good performances by potential backups in all three of those groups, and it was hard for me to say like, wow, this guy totally stuck out and like really made a case for his roster spot, for example, because like Rob Kelly, I thought, well, of course he started, and I think at this point we're all starting to get the vibe that he's he's pretty darn close to a lock, um, but like. You know, Byron Marshall comes in and has a sweet-looking touchdown. Then P. Ryan comes in and he looks pretty good. Uh, so P. It's Ryan like, looked quicker yeah. than I've ever seen him. I, I didn't even know he was the same player at first. I, I agree. I agree. Him and Kelly, they really both. I mean, Kelly, of course, shed the locks, but they both looked like different guys, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what a little uh, uh, second-round pick coming in to make some competition does to a player. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. So, you know, I'm not sure that that. Um, you know, I, and I've kind of been looking at P. Ryan and Marshall as as maybe sort of going head to head for that roster spot now. And I'm not sure either one of them like clearly got way out in front in the, in terms of the receiver competition, you had Rob, Robert Davis and Mo Harris. Uh, even Kim Sims had a nice play, you know, all of them oh, yeah. kind of stepped up and, and made a, a little case here for serious consideration. So, you know, that was, that was pretty interesting. You have, what's I mean, your I've, take on the receivers? Who do you like of those guys? I think Robert Davis made a huge jump from last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, mean, I remember I actually went to the charger game, last year in LA when he dressed and I was really hoping that he was going to get in and he, and he ended up not being, uh, being one of the players to play. But, um, even I think towards the last couple games of the season, he may have gotten in some special teams and maybe a couple plays at receiver. And I, I believe he really didn't show anything. I think he dropped a couple, but mm-hmm. he looks super confident tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He really, uh, that, that first drive, he had multiple catches in the first drive or first couple of drives. Yeah. I mean, he was going up, jumping for balls, catching at the, at the, the peak of, uh-huh. of of the trajectory, like on a variety of routes too. On a variety of routes, exactly. He just looked like somebody who had been playing receiver in the NFL for multiple seasons, yep. not a second year player. Yep. Then Harris comes in, does the same, had a couple nice catches, had the touchdown. Um, so you know, I'm not sure that. Yeah. Well, I it's 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 not like you want to see one guy do well and one guy do poorly. I mean, it's a good problem to have if they're making this difficult on Jay. Yeah. I mean, everybody's been talking about. Wide receiver is the weakest position for the Redskins. But after tonight and seeing how these uh, second, third, you know, string guys are playing, I feel much more confident mm-hmm. going to the season with these guys being able to 
come in if one of the starters needs a break. I agree, of course. You hate to see Trey Quinn get absolutely crushed in the midsection, and then yeah. I think he was actually barfing in a trash can on the sideline. I'm pretty sure that tonight was the first time I saw a player actually get his soul knocked out of him. <laughs> I mean, that was just so devastating. But I, I have to say that, like, respect for that tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's an NFL tackle That right was there. a sick tackle. And Colt knew it, too. You could see they were sort of showing him watching Trey Quinn writhe in pain. And he was pretty locked in because he knew that I, I actually just basically signed Trey's death warrant by yeah. completely hanging him out there. You know he wants that one back. And, yeah. and, and that, that was like his first target, fan. right? Yeah, for, it's frustrating as a fan because you wanted to see – you knew he was going to be playing more in the second half and for yeah. that to happen early on and, and be knocked out of the game. Um, and hopefully there's nothing, you know, that's going to keep him out yeah. further. But we'll see. He's absolutely one of those guys that you want to, we, you know, we were excited to see a lot of in the preseason. I've been thinking, I've been assuming here for weeks that he was very close to, if not a lock for the roster based, based on how Gruden seems to feel about him and, and the reports out of training camp of his sure handedness. But yeah, let's just hope that all of his internal organs are fully intact <laughs> and that we can see him in, in weeks two through four of the preseason. Um, yeah. I guess one other one other position group that I've been especially interested to watch is is how it shakes out at corner at the bottom of the roster. And yeah. I really thought kind of the same thing that, you know, two guys who I thought might be sort of duking it out are Stroman, who got drafted in the seventh, and then the undrafted rookie uh, Danny Johnson. And they both they both look great tonight. And they both had a lot of, you know, flash several times. Both of those guys looked like NFL caliber corners. Yep, yep. I was so impressed with how quick both of them looked uh, when receivers were coming out of their breaks to plant, turn, find the ball, get a hand in there. Yeah. I mean, for rookies, that that's hardly the case. Yep. Yeah, for you know, and and for and for two guys who were fairly unheralded, um, it is encouraging to see that in their in their debut. So I feel pretty good there about the competition at the bottom of the roster at corner too, and and that's important because you know. It's like you got Norman, but then you've got sort of this battle maybe between Dunbar and Moreau. You've got Skandrick, who's a vet, but who knows if he'll hold up. I mean, I think some of these these number five and six corners are potentially going to be um, called upon this year. Um, and well, yeah, and and let's let's not forget that both Stroman and Johnson did a great job in the punt returning. Yep, good point. You're right. They both look pretty natural there too, and might give old Jameson Crowder a run for his money. I think for for whichever one does make the roster. Yeah, I mean, they, they both looked very comfortable catching those punts and, and got positive yardage, which, which as you know, like the main thing in a punt return in the NFL, first catch the ball, then worry about getting some yardage, and they both did it excellently. Absolutely. Um, I think it's time to go to Geis. <laughs> so so Geis got what, how many carries? handful of carries? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so like four, maybe. Four or five carries. Yeah. I thought on his, you know, from his, like, I don't know if it was his first or second carry, I think netted only five or six yards. But he had like three or four lateral cuts between the tackles. And I thought to myself, like, it was, it was like, uh, it, it will look super mundane in the, in the, in the score books. But like, I don't, I mean, he, did, he immediately did something that nobody on the Redskins has done in many years, like since Portis, basically. I mean, yeah. you've got, you know, Chris Thompson, who we all love, has is, is got that shifty thing. But guys comes in and, and, and just, you know, he makes like he, he causes two or three guys to miss on his first carry between first or second carry between the tackles, and I'm like, yes, it was just it, to me it was auspicious, and it was it was like, I feel like you know it made me made me already think that yeah, this guy's not it's not a dream that that we just you know stole a, a legit starting running back in the, at the at the bottom of the second round, and 
he always finishes leaning forward. Oh, man, that was yeah. one of the things I noticed right off the bat. Even when he got stopped, he still gained another yard and a half, two yards, just by falling forward yep. with the pile. Yep. And that's so huge, especially with what we've experienced in the past where guys are getting hit at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield, and then it just stops. Yep, absolutely. And then so so then I guess when when did he get hurt? Second quarter, he has this long run. And on that run, again, he displays you know the whole list of traits that you look for in a stud back. I mean, he he turned he, into a video game. It was it was absolutely yeah it was, it was a video game. It was Madden, and and he <laughs> he showed vision, he showed burst and speed. He stiff armed a guy into the you know six feet into the earth, and the, you know he had a spin move. He had everything yeah. on that one run. Yeah. I mean, it was like what twenty some oh, yard. He run. ran angry. He oh. ran so angry on that. And run. And then of and then he's and then he's rolling around holding his knee, and I'm like, why do I even follow this sport? <laughs> oh. well, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's you know, and so he kind of eventually you know goes over to the training table. They're checking him out. Obviously, they're trying to rule out an ACL or a, or a ligamentous injury to his to his knee, and we still don't know yet. I guess what it is. I mean, yeah. they said he's going to get an MRI tomorrow, and and I'm I'm feeling okay that it didn't really you know his his actions didn't really demonstrate that he's worried that it's his long term thing. Now he is also you know we've we've determined at this point that he's like this ever happy, you know, uh, <laughs> just buoyant play, you know, personality who's potential. Yeah. Maybe he would be smiling even through an ACL. I don't really know. And you can, you never, you just never know. There've been enough times where, you know, I've seen Redskins injured in a game and thought he looks fine. And then the next day they say that's the end of the season. So I'm certainly not going to just assume that, but I, I think he's going to be okay. If this is a bad injury for Darius guys, <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's going to take me a while to emotionally recover. Yeah, I think you're going to have to maybe clear a space in your uh, dungeon for me to sit next to you for the next season, if that's the case, too. You can join me. It's just, the the injuries, you know, I would say there's been a lot of kind of bad press uh, for the NFL, you know, even though um, in terms of of money and really in, in popularity, it just continues to dominate all other sports and basically all other American interests. But there's been a lot of bad press. With the anthem, anthem stuff and the head injury stuff, and everybody hates Goodell. I mean, there's a lot of problems, but the uh, the the thing to me that really threatens number one thing threatening my NFL fandom, and of course, there's some recency bias here as a Redskins fan because of of the body count from last year. But injuries, and I know this is an inevitable part of the game, so I'm not going to act like I have some kind of solution. But when your team, you know, injuries just suck so much, and they happen so much more often. And so much more severely in football than any other sport, it really takes the wind out of your sails as a fan when, you know, if, if this turns out to be a bad one for Geis or even for Ioannidis, and um, we're already seeing it with some other teams like the Chargers. Gosh, it seems like every year this happens to the Chargers, but they've lost like mm-hmm. three frontline starters already. The injuries are the number one thing that sometimes, uh, se- several years in the recent past have made me think like, what is the point? Like, this this sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned about Ioannidis than I am of Geis for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know. It just seemed like when the big man goes down mm-hmm. and the trainer's pulling on his tibia. He kind of stayed and, down longer. His yeah. did look a little more worrisome, but they both walked off, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ioannidis seems like the, he's kind of like a sheriff to me. Like, he's the type of player that even if his leg fell off, right. he would that, still, that I mean, thing, he wanted to walk off the field on his own. Absolutely I mean, he's right. He's not going to show anything. That could have been a partial amputation and he would just be like strutting <laughs> back to the locker room. I agree. Tough as yeah. nails, obviously. Well, um, you know, so we'll just, I guess we'll see how it shakes out with the injuries, but I don't want to focus on them because it just, it was it was so encouraging to see what Geist did. I mean, Ioannidis too, he supposedly had this turf toe recently. 
But he just right. he just came out like a bat out of hell with the, that awesome sack. And I then, mean, he, and then the he drove that tackle yeah. with one arm five yards in the backfield. He did the whole thing. You're sack. right. You know, he put his hand on the ball. He almost almost stripped it. The, I mean, um, and they were they were bragging on the Patriots side about how big that tackle was. Yeah. You know, he's six eight, three hundred and sixty pounds or whatever, and he just handled him. Yep, yep. I mean, if if, if Payne if Payne is what we think he might be, and if if Allen, you know, is basically f- back to full health because we we really know what he can be, um, then this narrative of the Redskins defensive line getting younger and much better will will I think really will really have come to fruition. Um, yeah, guys, guys, it was, it was so great to see guys do that, and I, I just think that he really represents. I mean, him and Alex Smith together, it's like this. This the, the, these two guys f- form the, the beacon of hope for the Redskins. Yeah, and I'm excited to see guys catching some passes out of the backfield. Yeah, a la what Marshall did tonight in the game yep. with that nice touchdown. Um, I think guys can definitely be uh, a dual threat with running and catching. Agree. So, um, two, I can't believe we haven't even gotten to him yet, but how about Tim Settle? I was just about to say, there was a couple other guys I wanted to bring up, but yeah, I'm, first of all, I'm really impressed with the Redskins coaching staff to leave Settle in for pretty much the whole game. I agree. That, for, that and I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a key point because in, there were a couple of drives there where he stayed in the whole time. Yeah. And, and for a guy that had, you know, some knocks on him coming out of college of taking some plays off yep. or not hustling i thought he played really well i agree and it was it, it, that that was to me the the fact not that he just showed up with a few highlight plays because you knew he was capable of that just based on sheer size and strength alone but the the, the fact that he stayed in on those drives i mean they were you know through no fault of his they were kind of getting chewed up there in the third and fourth um by the patriots run game um but not not through him i mean you know, several several nice stops in a row, and the fact, you know, again that that he that he was able to stay on the field for several minutes at a time and not just not just be in on first down, um, it was that speaks volumes to me. That if he, I've kind of been thinking that he was a nice draft pick, but not having high expectations that he would be a huge contributor as a rookie. If he is, then then this this whole thing about the new D line, um, just all the more so. Um, yeah, it, it's just and very, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now, just of what I saw tonight on the D line, that uh, DeAndre Pipkins is not gonna be <laughs> long for the Redskins much longer. <laughs> oh, that is a flaming hot take, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think every single play he was just getting mauled. Yeah, and there were some plays where he was actually lining up like three yards off the ball yeah. on like a third and two. Very strange. I agree. He yeah. seems like kind of a pet project for Tom Sula, I guess. You know, he was undrafted last year and. Um, I think there, there were. I certainly think I would expect that they were hoping for more out of uh, out of him as a second year guy. But I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm, I wonder if, uh, of course, we know this year for the first time that all these all these cuts from 90 down to 53 are going to happen at the same time at the end. But you do have sure. to think after tonight that they that they might give up the ghost on uh, on old Andre yeah. Pipkins. I mean, if there's if there's another player out there after this week's uh, preseason games that they that they may like better. They may do a quick swap Yep, I could see that happening. Um, so the other guy, uh, well, you, you give me. Who, who else popped to you? Okay, this guy popped for me, but I think there needs to be a little bit of a tweak to this pop, and that's Sean Dion Hamilton. Nice. That was going to be mine. He was shooting gaps yeah. like crazy, yep. but it was always one, like a half a gap over. You're right, yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He Just um, like twist turn him a little bit just tilt him slightly i agree he, he was like just like a, just like a hair off several times but um i was i was going to mention him too because 
Um, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, you can you can easily enough Google or, or look in the media guide and see that he's six feet two thirty five. But for some reason, I kind of been thinking of him, and, and I watched a little bit of him from Bama. But like, I thought of him as like a little bit of a smaller guy because he's kind of got this rep as as like sort of athletic and shifty, but but not a not especially powerful uh, as an inside linebacker. But he's like he's bigger and, and sort of readier from a body standpoint than I thought. Um, he really looked like he belonged, and of course he's had this, he had bad knee injury, several important injuries uh, coming out of Bama, but he, he sure looked healthy to me. Um, yeah, that was very encouraging. I agree to see him in there and and being so quick, especially right. with the knee injury. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. Just like to me, it was it's not so much like whether he did or not or did not make the tackles, but to see his movements is to see him looking very sort of fluid and and athletic and agile out there that that was kind of the question to me was basically like is he ready from a physical standpoint is he fully over these injuries because we we know from a standpoint of the neck up that that this is this is what he does i mean like he's you know of course he's a rookie and he'll make his mistakes but we know that he's going to be able to handle um playing inside middle linebacker from the from the uh, mental standpoint but if, if he's physically ready i mean he was a guy that i was kind of thinking that the redskins might you know might might cut might even try to slide to IR if the injuries were bad enough but he he to me looks like he's physically ready too so he certainly has a very strong case to make the roster yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to him checking out the film from this game going over with the linebackers coaches about you know where he should be shooting and positioning and then mm-hmm. in the games coming up really fine-tuning that and, and kind of being like a Troy Palamalu as a linebacker just flying out of nowhere and just shooting these gaps and blowing up running backs absolutely um, another guy who's been getting some shine out of training camp, uh, another undrafted guy in the secondary, um, is Kenny Ladler, this interesting guy who had like a cup of coffee with the Bills a few years ago and then has been in the CFL. So he's been making a lot of plays supposedly in, in camp, and he showed up tonight too, number 39. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be room for a fifth safety on the roster or how the coaches feel about him relative to, say, Fish Smithson. But Ladler looked like uh, looked like he would at least be a nice guy to have on the practice squad, if if uh, if not if not on the actual roster. Yeah, and that's actually my favorite part of the preseason games is the the fourth quarter because that's when you start to see the separation of the guys that flash against those fourth fifth stringers that aren't going to be in the NFL anymore. And I yep. think that Ladler definitely flashed uh, in the fourth quarter. Yep. In terms of rookies that. Um, you know, maybe didn't look so awesome. I wouldn't, I, I don't have, there's nobody I can really crush from tonight. Uh, John Christian got uh, um, plenty of snaps and I can't say that I thought he looked awesome. Um, it seemed to me that he got beat a couple of times uh, to allow uh, pressure on McCoy. Uh, but yeah. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, that's who he is. We know that guy's a project. I, I think they're really hoping he doesn't have to play this year. He's not in any roster jeopardy, but. Um, and Apke. then Apke, yeah. What'd Apke, you think about yeah. Apke tonight? I think um, Apke had a couple of good plays where he got his hand on the ball. He got himself in a good position mm-hmm. to try to make a play. I know it would have been even sweeter if he was able to actually get a pick, yeah. but I thought he played decently well. There were yeah. a couple plays on special teams that I was surprised that he was letting guys beat him downfield. I mean, yeah. he's supposed to be the speed demon. Yeah, that's so well said. Hopefully, yep. hopefully he can uh, make some adjustments and get himself in a better position to not let these guys get downfield and, and tackle our returners. Great points. That's pretty much exactly what I thought about Apke, too. He had a couple of nice-looking plays, but, I mean, he's really... Like, the whole reason he's here, at least right now, is for specials, so he needs to figure out how to be a little bit more impactful there. But, okay, you know, it's it's his first yeah, I, first time in an NFL uniform. I'll, I'll cut him some slack. 
I did notice towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, he was really, uh, or maybe it was the end of the third quarter, he was really sticking his helmet in there in the pile, mm-hmm. um, coming in pretty, pretty hot. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was, that was one of the things I was kind of nervous because he's not a big guy, right. you know, and he's not like one of these muscular freaks. So right. I was wondering like, how is he going to fare really, you know, putting the shoulder pads and the helmet down and, and sticking it in the pile to try to try to move it. And, and he actually did pretty well. You're right about that. He's not a bodybuilder. He has small arms. And by the way, I recall from, <laughs> from after they drafted him doing some research, he has like some of the smallest hands in the NFL. He, oh. the, the guy basically is just just has underdeveloped in the medical world we call them hypoplastic arms he he, he, you know i really think that we we know he's got the speed and he's big enough this is a guy who i think him and christian the redskins are are basically hoping we we need to just bury them on the roster this year pray they never need to see much action other than maybe specials we got to put a year's worth of muscle on them and then you know that that speed is is absolutely legit for apke and it matters man i mean you you can be a half step slow or half second slow in diagnosing what's going on in that secondary if you've got speed like that. So yeah. if they can bulk him up a little and just get him to sort of figure out the game, you know, I I, don't, I still don't hate that pick. He's that's the that Afghan the fourth is the one that got really panned. And I did a whole thing on the pod earlier about chill out. He's not a bust yet, um, but I, I don't hate it. I mean, this that speed. There's a reason they drafted him, and it is for that speed. And and it's not stupid. I mean, that is an incredibly useful thing for a big, you know, a, a plenty tall enough safety to have so he's a guy that i think needs a year's worth of seasoning before we really know what he'll become yeah maybe the redskins could uh you know pass him Laron landry's number to maybe get a little personal training session in we need them to go out on a milkshake (laughs) date and that would do it it? steak and potatoes every meal absolutely that's what he needs (laughs) well i think we've done a pretty good job covering our impressions of this first preseason game ben what do you think any other burning thoughts you wanted to get out um you know, just that it, it it always cracks me up every year. I go in knowing full well this means nothing, but <laughs> yeah. by the fourth quarter, it when the other team every- is doing two point conversions on us, <laughs> it just grinds me up, man. Hats <laughs> off to Bill Belichick, by the way, for going for two after that uh, after the second to last touchdown to essentially nullify the the um, likelihood of of uh, overtime. Yeah, nobody wants to be up that late yep, for the, preseason. He, he is indeed a genius. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention, and this is a totally random way to close this episode uh, about the first preseason game, but during the course of the game, I, I don't know how much, let, let me just ask, but do, out there in California these days, how much are you listening to and, and what are you listening to in terms of sports radio regarding the Redskins? I don't, I mean, Twitter Twitter is my, are you my in, main are you, beacon. You, you follow oh, any pods good. or any particular radio shows closely? Uh, no, not for sports. I mean, I listen to the Blur- Burgundy broadcast. That's about... Oh, I, I heard uh, that guy is really <laughs> sharp. That's that's a good yeah. choice. I Everyone should check him, a, him out. I think his handle is at Burgundy Blog, right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm pretty sure they gave him a PhD in sports <laughs> broadcasting. It's weird. Whew, man, He's a I, doctor of something. I don't know. I gotta. I really gotta subscribe. <laughs> um, I, I bring this up because I noticed during the game this it seems the timing was strange, but um, Kevin Sheehan is uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, sports radio guys in the DC area. Um, he's been with the, what was previously ESPN 980 and then more recently, uh, the team 980 and he's Cooley's partner. And so I, I rarely, um, I rarely listened to them live over the last couple of years, but I I always, uh, listen to their shows as, uh, in podcast form. And I thought Sheehan was really good, but he tweeted during the game, something that certainly seems to indicate that after the, the recent sale of the radio station, uh, and I don't remember who sold it and who bought it, but. It sounds like he's out. 
I did see that? that tweet. Yeah. yeah. I saw uh, that tweet and, and, and I, I will say that I have, uh, listened to a little, uh, uh, Cooley and, and, um, his show before, yeah, but, yeah. um, only on podcast form, like you're saying, especially like after the draft, but it's not a, something that I listen to all the time. But yeah, I, I saw that and I was, I was kind of shocked in the middle of watching the game as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I always thought Sheehan was really well prepared and well spoken. I thought he was a good foil for Cooley. And, um, and, and I, I just, I thought their show had a, was very informative and I was bummed to see him out. So it'll be interesting. Um, for those of us that that uh, that listen to that station and and to a lot of Redskins radio and pods to see who they I guess who they uh, match Cooley up with now in the future because he's he's still a big draw I mean I think he's kind of a polarizing guy among fans these days in terms of how he reports on the team but anyway I don't mean to hijack the end of the podcast with that little nugget but uh, no I mean uh, what's Todd Yoder doing these days <laughs> that's, a good, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question and you know you know that Cooley has hit him up. <laughs> Well, um, I hope Kevin Sheehan lands on his feet, and I highly doubt that he is listening to this right now, but I thought he was really good. <laughs> I thought he was really good, and um, hopefully he'll stay yeah, in the market. Yeah, All right, so uh, I think this show has expired, but Ben, I- I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to have to watch the tape, but I think this was a pretty successful first podcast um, for Brent and Ben. So, uh, I think so, I'm, too. I'm, I'm glad you were here. Thanks for coming on with me, and I'll look forward to having you back at some point. Um, as the season goes on. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. See you later. Yep. Bye.